Your pal Sully is on the mend right now, but that doesn't mean I can't do another episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I have finished five seasons looking forward to my sixth as a host on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. So Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And if you do listen to us every day and you respond on any one of those other platforms, you know what you should do? You should leave a hashtag that says Everyday Sully. Want to know, figure out who you are. Hey, sorry I didn't have a show yesterday. I'm going to give you five original shows. Um, I tested positive. Hooray, hooray. Um, but thankfully, I'm I'm boosted and everything. and it is going to be merely a couple of inconvenient days as opposed to a life-threatening things. Hooray for science. By the way, I, I'm already getting better because I was incapable of speaking yesterday. And you know how hard it is to shut me up. Hey, um, second in the second and third segment for today's show, uh, Brandon Warren, friend of the podcast, is going to be on. We're going to be talking a little bit about – he's the host of Locked on Twins – we're going to be talking a little bit about the Twins and their relatively successful postseason. Hey, they, they've won a game. Hell, they won a series. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame candidacy, the exodus of pitchers since the division series against Houston, who seems to have been skedaddling from uh, Minnesota. It's, uh, you know, getting kind of even uh, – uh, who was the last one to do? Emilio Pagan was the last one to scram. Uh, you'll see in the upcoming segments, I had not learned that. And uh, talk about why, despite losing Sonny Gray, Emilio Pagan, Kenta Maeda, that things may not be so bad in Minnesota. We're going to talk a little bit about that. First, let's talk about the trivia question. And a couple of you got that right. Uh, the question was, before the Phillies won the World Series, in 1980, who won the only World Series game in Philadelphia Phillies history? The only game they won in Philadelphia Phillies history in the World Series before finally winning the World Series in 1980. And we had a couple people get it right. Uh, Amy Green got it right. So, you know, no, no surprise there. She's, she's one of my uh, more consistent trivia people here. Uh, who else got it right? Um, John Murphy Jr. got it right. Uh, Dan Bourgeois got it right. Uh, the answer is Grover Cleveland Alexander, uh, who won game one of the 1915 World Series, 3-1 to one, against the Red Sox. So there you go. Good job for all of you. And, oh, by the way, I've gotten a couple of few pretty cool um, questions. Uh, who was the one who asked? There was someone asked me a uh, a really cool question. Um, there was a, uh, 
bunch of people. Oh, it was a uh, Moz F. Moz F, who is a a, a, a listener of mine uh, from down under. Uh, Moz from Oz is his, is his name. Um, and he asked me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question later. I'm not gonna do it today. Uh, but it was uh, he said. Good day, Sully, because he's from Australia. You're being an Emmy-nominated TV producer and all. What's your favorite cameo by a major league player on film or TV? He says, hands down, he thinks it's Keith Hernandez on Seinfeld. Uh, I'm going to answer that in an upcoming episode, but I want you all to start thinking about it too. Leave your suggestions on Twitter or on Instagram or everything like that for your favorite cameo by a major league baseball player in a TV show or in a movie. Um I'll give you a couple. I mean, just the first couple of pop. I'm going to give it some real thought. Uh, I do know that Wade Boggs has appeared in three of my favorite comedies of all time. He appeared as himself in Cheers. He appeared as himself in uh, The Simpsons. And he appeared as himself in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Keith Hernandez is obviously great in Seinfeld. They also had great performances by uh, Paul O'Neill, Buck Showalter, and by... uh, Danny Tartable. But I have a few other that, that come to mind. Um, and uh, so I'm going to do a whole, uh, I'm going to do a whole episode along those lines at uh, some point next week. Or maybe I'll just bank it and come Christmas time, that'll be one of my evergreen podcast episodes that I have lined up there. Uh, by the way, another episode I have coming up pretty soon, uh, I'm going to be bringing aboard um, uh, Laura from Locked on Montreal Canadians. It's going to be a guest on a show next week. Why am I doing a crossover with Locked on Canadians? Well, I want to find out a little bit of the scoop of whether or not Montreal is ready to have another major league team. I think they are, but who am I to say? I've only been to Montreal once in my life. Let's talk to someone who knows a little something about the Expos and their potential situation. Um, by the way, just a couple of things in the, the rumor mill. Uh, the Cardinals are showing interest in making a trade for Dylan Cease. Obviously, they want to have every available pitcher available. So there you go. And I know Yankee fans are not happy that the organization has sent out more notices to the Kissinger family than to the Otani family at this point. But uh, there you go. It's stunning that it looks like the Yankees are not going to be in on Shohei Otani at all. Um, but what do I know? What do I know? Uh, I still, my, my Otani prediction is, remains this. I believe he's going to sign a two-year deal with the Chicago Cubs and reestablish himself as a pitcher. At the end of those two years, go back into free agency and make all the money. His contract will be 10 years, all the money. Well, you won't have any money because it will all belong to Shohei Otani. That's what I believe is going to happen. But, all right, that's enough of my yapping. We're going to be back and talk a little bit with Brandon Warren from Locked On Minnesota Twins. Hey, as promised, that's Brandon Warren from Locked On Twins. Hey, what are you doing coughing? What's your excuse? I don't have one. All right, cool. <laughs> you, what you also don't have an excuse for? Not being a part of FanDuel. Look, the weather's getting colder. I can't imagine what it's like in Minnesota because it's getting chilly here in Pasadena. That's the home of the Rose Bowl, in case you're wondering. And the NFL stays hot on a fan duel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Can you dig it? That's $150 for if your team wins. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, Brandon, have you been thinking about it? Yes, sir. Well, there's no better time to get in on the action. Do you know how easy this is to use? Let me show you. Got a wide range of betting options. You like spreads? You like player props? Oh, yeah. You like over-unders? Mm-hmm. They got that and all, all that and more. Do what you got to do, Brandon, and everyone else. You got to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. And as it's winding down, FanDuel, do you know what they are? They're the official partner of the NFL. <clears throat> well, it's the uh, we're doing a locked on coughing crossover here. I guess uh, so. With you, you we're, we're socially distanced. Yes. I'm in California. I mean, you're in, you're in Minnesota. You're two hours before me, man. I know. So we 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 have enough distance between us. Uh, Brandon Warren of Locked On Twins is here, um, and we're talking in the first segment about potential moves and everything like that. Well, it seems like a lot of the moves have been going away from the Minnesota Twins uh, since their most successful postseason since 2002. Hey, look, before we start talking about uh, the dismantling of the Twins' starting rotation, let's let's be positive for a second, shall we? Can I be positive with you, Brandon? Let's go. All right. Because you're you're in Minnesota, the land that gave us Charlie Brown. And I'm going to be Linus to your Charlie Brown right now as we're leaning against the little uh, stone bridge and Charlie Brown's complaining about how he hates Christmas. You said to me, and I, and I, and I bet we can look it up, that you would find it to be a successful postseason if the Twins finally won a game. After all those years where they hadn't won a game since game one of the 2004 division series, all those years, sweep, 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 the Twins not only won a game, they won a series against a good team and won a game on the road in Houston. Yep. And for a moment there, when it was tied 1-1 with Sonny Gray on the mound, there were people, including your pal Sully, thought, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then the answer became no. But going back, how did that feel? How did the, the Toronto series feel? And how did everything else feel from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, we came full circle from that five-way crossover with all the AL Central folks to start the season where I said the Twins would win the division, and they did. So that was that was pretty cool, too, to be vindicated mm-hmm. on that. But when De- Donovan Solano made that diving stop and got the out at first, that deafening roar, I was listening on the radio because I'd read to get some food for my family and uh, a bite to eat. And the, the roar on the radio, I could not – I couldn't compare it to anything else. So I quick run in the house. I know that I'm – recording the game so I can go back and watch it just to see it right. in that mode too. And the chills I get are rivaled only by the thing I get when I remember the last time Joe Mauer caught that game that he finishes in movie career, like that level of like intrigue of what's going on. I don't get that very much anymore. Having been watching baseball for 30 years and covering the game, I'm not rooting as much as I used to right. still like it was just, awe-inspiring it really was yeah and i do you know know what i'm gonna give oddly give credit to a little bit too is um the in the national television broadcast 
Michael Kay, who is normally the Yankees announcer, and he's been the Yankee announcer for so str- so long, it is jarring to hear him announcing other teams. True. Um, but I will go. I have been up. I've been up and down many times in my life about uh, Michael Kay, but I give him a ton of credit of how he called that final game because he called it with the right amount of drama, understanding what winning a series meant to Minnesota Twins fans. That that was their Francisco Cabrera moment. Mm-hmm. Not that it meant winning a championship. Just have it, and it's something you. It's like. Some people have to understand. I, I mean, I experienced this as a Boston fan when they finally won. But for all those other things, it's just now you don't have to hear of that anymore. It yep. doesn't have to be brought up anymore. You don't never have to hear someone say, well, when are the Twins finally going to win a game? They, they did. So shut up. Well, and I don't think that the irony of doing it in front of Michael Kay, the Yankees had a bulk of those wins in yeah. that streak, in front of A-Rod, who hit – very well against the Twins in the postseason. If, they, if there was a, if there was an MVP of the league championship of the division series, he would have won it twice against the Twins. Exactly. People forget in 2004, A. Rod was a one man wrecking crew against Minnesota, and was the exact same thing in 2009. Yep, which exactly. I believe is the last time the Yankees went to the World Series. I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so and then what? What he did though, what Michael K. did that he deserves credit for is he summed up like the intensity that Royce Lewis Homer to start the series and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, but he let the moment breathe at the end of game one, an adequate amount. And the, the biggest thing with some of these roles where you're, you know, you're the Monday night football announcer, you're doing a playoff game, right? Knowing where you belong and where you don't belong on the call separates the goods from the greats. And boy, Michael K really moved up my list with how he handled it. By the way, the I would argue the greatest announcer of all time was Joe Garagiola. Okay. If you ever watched any of the old clips of him, he he was amazing because he was funny, but he was mm-hmm. also a World Series winning player, and he was an excellent broadcaster and game show host. I mean, he had all the skills. And there was a couple of times, like when the Phillies won their first ever World Series. Do you know how he called it? He said, "The crowd will the crowd will tell you what happens," and then. Willie Wilson struck out, and the place went bananas, and Garagiola didn't say a word. Perfect. It just was like you heard the screaming, you heard everyone running out, and I'll never – it's like the to be that confident an announcer to not say, the first time ever the Phillies have won. I mean, I don't think Jack Buck was a bad announcer, but I think sometimes he had too many things – Yeah, that or or not a check by Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck had too many things that he was that he had. Okay, if they get it here, I'm going to say this. And again, he's a fine announcer. I'm not going to. I think I just think he kind of overstayed his welcome. But uh, but you know, K K did that exact moment where he he knew let this moment breathe. Let the stakes. Yeah, let the stakes be what they are. All right, and also also one other let's go one other positive thing before we. You know, dive into the everything here. Joe Mauer's on the World Series, on the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, and my new co-host is a Hall of Fame voter. I, I mean, he's in, right? He's going to get in, right? I mean, there's question of if it'll be a first ballot. I think the early results are so-so, yeah. but uh, it's obviously very early. But I, I'm enthused by his chances eventually. I wish it would be a first ballot thing. I don't know if it will. But the big thing I come back to is it's all – 
production is all relative to everybody else at your position. It's not fair. Yes. yes. He has to be, you know, if you look at his war and, and Ken Griffey juniors or Barry Bonds, well, yeah, of course they played in center field, better defense metrics, all that stuff, longer careers, etc. cetera. Uh, Joe Maurer's a hall catcher. of famer. As a catcher. Yep. Yeah. He's a hall of famer. Yeah. And he no did those, the, did those shampoo commercials too, where they tried to turn them into a sex symbol. It yeah. didn't quite work, but you know, it, it was, it, it, it was, you know, by the way, I the whole idea of first ballot, second ballot Hall of Famers, you know, uh, uh, you know, Yogi Berra wasn't didn't get in on the first ballot. You know, there's sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like it got how what Tim Raines took what ten ballots, something crazy like that to get in limit. Yeah, yeah, and it's some sometimes it's kind of like, you know, Burt Blylevin took thirteen ballots to get in. Yep. I mean, at some point it's like, but like, guess what? It doesn't say on the bottom. It doesn't say on his 13th ballot. It says it's just Rick Albert Blylevin. Boom. And I believe he's wearing a twins cap on his plaque. I think you're right. If I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't care about first ballot, second ballot. You're in, you're in. Mm -hmm. I also think of the whole idea. I'm very glad that we don't have to worry about, well, no one could be unanimous. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, right. Why not? You know, if everyone if everyone agreed that Willie Mays belonged in the Hall of Fame, then boom, you know. That I used to even joke about that on stage. Someone actually looked at their balance and said, Babe Ruth, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We should really reserve this for the best players. Jackie Robinson, was yeah. he tough enough? Was he tough enough? Did he have the intangibles? I don't know. I don't know. You know. He changed the game. Yeah. Hen- Henry Aaron. Yeah. It's unthinkable, but uh, but um, Maurer, I think he's going to get in. I hope he get look at because I think he belongs in. I hope he belongs in on the first ballot. I never understand people who say like, I, he's a Hall of Famer, but I wouldn't vote on the first ballot. Was he going to get a couple more hits? If you think he's a Hall of Famer, you, I can understand being convinced. I was convinced about Blylevin. I was on the fence about Blylevin initially, and then okay. I examined his stats a little better. Going, Wait a minute, what's what are we even talking about here? Right. You know, but you know, uh, but I, you know, sometimes you need to be convinced of stuff. I think Tim Raines was a similar thing, but I think the great career that Joe Maurer had, um, you know, with with the length, with the longevity, with his incredibly high peak, and the fact that he's a catcher, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's a, that's a great thing. That's a great thing for sure. And and uh, when we come back, uh, the good feelings that we've had will be over. Because we're going to be talking about the offseason. Hey, uh, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts, Locked On, plus our national shows covering every issue. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, we're back with Brandon Warren of Locked On Twins. I tried to cheer you up. I'd like to be positive before we get negative. Yeah. Um, speaking of, we, we ended talking about Burt Blylevin. Uh, is he available to pitch? Because it seems like everyone else is leaving. The I mean, Kenta Maeda signed with Detroit. Sonny Gray signed with St. Lou. Um, I think uh, Frank, Viola, Frank Viola's moved on. Santana's moved on. Moved on. The Reds. Was Emilio Reds. Oh, that's right. Begone. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is an exodus. 
It is an accident. Yep. Now, of course, every time we count the Twins totally out, they wind up having a good year. But um, is this a retreat? Is this a take one step back to take two steps forward? Or is this a, oh, my God, no one else in this division is trying to contend, so it doesn't even matter? I mean, what 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 is your opinion on the, the exodus from the Twins and also the um, – the state of the American League Central at this point. Yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall that all three guys were as good as gone just based on how this front office operates. They have not offered they, – they've signed one reliever to a multi-year deal, and it was Addison Reed. Uh, at multi-year deals in Twins history, that's the only multi-year deal to an outside reliever in franchise history. So the idea that if a, if a reliever wants multiple years – in free agency, they're going someplace else, almost certainly. Uh, Sonny Gray, thanks for everything you did, but they just weren't going to match the years. And actually, the the payoff at the end of that contract with the Cardinals, with it being backloaded, is huge too. Um, so it's it's about timing. I mean, granted, it's it's only the very beginning of the off season. We're just getting into December, um, so lots of things can happen still. But yeah, the early returns are going to drive a lot of the narrative, and they're going to drive a lot of the feeling of fans, which right now is uh, tenuous at best. They're pretty pretty much like uh, doom and gloom already, which is, is really hard to swallow. Yeah. Well, look at um, – I don't follow the Twins as closely as you do. I don't mean to disappoint you. But is there – at this point, are there any reinforcements coming up through the farm system that could potentially give you in-house uh, – answers to some of these suddenly found holes on the team? The biggest in-house gain that they're going to have is Chris Paddock coming back healthy. He pitched in the postseason as a reliever. That will help. Um, Louis Varland pitched in the postseason as a reliever, looked terrific. I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll move him back to the rotation. Uh, he's got a bit of a home run problem, but player development success story for sure. They've got some guys, but it's not enough guys who are – right there as far as like you regard them well enough to be anything more than fourth or fifth kind of fodder. Like they are going to have to uh, go out and make a move. I think it's going to be a trade. Uh, I keep coming back to the Marlins again. You know, they they obviously went to that well once it's a different power structure in Miami, but um, news today of Edward Cabrera and possibly Trevor Rogers being available. That to me is where it's going to come from is a trade like that, where, they don't have to trade their best prospects, but they'll have to trade good prospects. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a pitcher they think they can get more production out of. Now, Edward Cabrera, huge prospect. Obviously, you can get better production out of a prospect as they get older. Right. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to identify a, a diet Pablo Lopez this offseason to make their number three or four starter, or maybe two if they can really hit it out of the park like they did last time. You know, I'm no Lindsey Crosby, so I don't know a lot of these prospects as closely as other people do. I do have up on my other screen here, if you could turn around my my setup here, I look like uh, it mm. looks like Tom Cruise, a minority report. But um, of their top 10 prospects, according to MLB.com, one, two, three, four of them are pitchers, and yep. all but one of them are double A or below at this point. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Prelip, Raya, Festa. Prelip, yeah. uh, yeah. Prelip, uh, Soto, Raya, and and 
Raya, and Festa. Are those so Soto was drafted this last year, so he's not close. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all a ways off. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, the closest one would be Festa, who is your ninth-ranked prospect on your own team, and not you know, not to be mean, but that's like okay. I mean, I'm sure he's he could grow up. Maybe he could be a fine pitcher, but he's also you know he's working his way up. And it sounds as though he's actually been in a lot of the trade conversations too. Like mm-hmm. the the trade that they had where they um they moved. Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. He's he's moved a couple times since he was traded from uh, the. Reds to the Guardians for for Will Benson, uh, and then has since moved on. Anyway, they, they've had a really good, they've done a really good job of cultivating like their twelve to fifteen prospect to become like their eight, and then their six. Like they've done a good job developing pitchers from that like A to double A level, like getting them to that next level. So I think there is plenty of hope for them in that respect. But as far as like imminent help, it's um. It's just not there yet. And so, again, they're going to have to – the rotation is largely store-bought. It's not homegrown at this point. Um, They're working towards that sustainability. Um, I feel like I'm talking like it's a Whole Foods or something. But um, it's working – they're working their way towards that, but they're also trading away from it. So it's – I don't know. It's, it's It's confusing, and it makes fans upset when it doesn't work. Let's just say that much. Are we talking about Steve Hajar? Steve Hajar, yeah. Hajar, Hajar, yep. yeah. From, he, and, from Andover, Mass. Yeah, so he's he's kind of uh, he's had some helium, and a few other guys they've moved have continued to progress. They're they're not exactly like the Guardians pitching factory, right? But I don't think it's a coincidence that Derek Falvey comes from the the Cleveland tree. That's why he was the the guy they targeted for the right. job. Yeah, so. But the other thing, I guess the decent news for you is Justin Bieber's probably going to be traded from Cleveland. Justin um, Bieber? Justin Bieber. What did I say? I couldn't let that go. I couldn't let that go, man. Did I call him Justin Bieber? Yeah, Shane. I'm on, I have COVID. Yep. Um, that's going to be any mistake I have is going to be blamed on the COVID. Um, right. The Royals are nowhere near contending. Nope. Um, and... Uh, Wait, who else is in? the White Sox are a dysfunctional mess right now? Maybe worse off than the Reds. Yeah, uh, I mean, close. I mean, maybe not yeah, I mean the the White the White Sox have no clue what they're doing. They can't. They couldn't even keep their their announcer. Right. And um, you, know, you got the Twins, the Tigers, the Guardians, the White Sox, and the Royals. You got the. Tw- I mean, now the danger of this is last year I said. Well, the Cardinals are the only team that looks like they're trying to contend to the Central, so they're going to run away with it. They finished in last place. Right. I don't know who's – when you have five rebuilding teams in one division, um, maybe you maybe the Twins just look up and you do the – what I call the Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario situation is just make sure there's a major leaguer everywhere and, you know, 85 wins will probably do the job. You win a division title, you take a crack at it again. Well, what um, was the World Series? Ninety wins versus eighty-four. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would be. I mean, they won eighty-seven last year to win the division, and they won it handily. Yep, they won by nine games over Detroit. Well, and I think Detroit is on the right track, but they're going to have to replace Eduardo Rodriguez. Maybe yeah. they replace him with him. I don't. Well, I they don't already know. brought it. They brought in uh, Kenta Baeda already. Right, and that that helps, but. 
the the rest of those guys, like you would have hoped for more from Casey Mize, from Matt Manning yes. by this point. Tariq Skubal is nasty. He just hasn't stayed healthy. They've got the pieces, but it shows how hard it is to do a rebuild where you have so much value in young pitchers. And then top draft picks like Spencer Torkelson, who's finally showing something. But development is hard and it's not linear. And so if they take a step back, it won't be that surprising. Yeah. And then, I mean, but then, but, but again, my point stands is that, okay, if the Tigers, you know, I, I don't think the Twins are re- going to regress by nine games, you know, I, I, and you have the biggest, I think the biggest potential right there is Cleveland in yeah. that they just have, they have this never ending factory of pitchers. Um, and even if they trade either Shane or Justin Bieber, either Bieber, They'll probably get something decent back in return, and then five people in AAA will say, "Oh my God, these are the the best pitchers since Greg Maddox." Yeah, um, it's, they'll just show up. But uh, I mean, you have two teams that can't win. There's no way Kansas City's going to win. There's Zero. no way Chicago's going to win. Zero. Detroit is still a team that was six games under 500 last year. They're improving, but. They, they have to make a a, a, a giant leap. And mm-hmm. I think Cleveland is the biggest challenge. Yep. And that's the thing Twins fans have to remember. You're not going against Tampa. You're not going against Toronto. You're not going against Houston or Texas or the Yankees or Seattle. Boston or Seattle. I can't even say the Red Sox because, you know, I, I'm, I have too much dignity. Or how about respect. Texas? They're pretty good. I said Texas. I was not listening then. Yeah, I have COVID. <laughs> but um, I'm just, just gonna—that's gonna be the name of this episode. Drop it in there. Just drop it I in know. there. But I think the Twins, if they're smart and they pick up actual major leaguers to fill in the holes, yeah, I think they'll still be an above 500 team, which might be enough. Would have been this year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm confident, and I have confidence that the Twins are gonna be a contender next year. Same. Um, yep. I picked him to win the division last year. I turned out to be right. Yes, we did. Be right. All right. Hey, Brandon, uh, tell people where they can listen to your show. Well, I always tell people they can unfollow me on Twitter, but they can uh, they can definitely listen to the show, Locked on Twins, wherever you get your podcast, audio-wise, YouTube, and all that fun stuff. But um, just added Dave Brown to the show, and we have a whole lot of fun over there, so come check us out. All right. And, uh, oh, just as a quick reminder – I know I mentioned this before, but Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And hey, I'm going to throw out our trivia question for today, and it is Twins-related. Now, the Minnesota Twins have been around as a franchise Since 1901, they were previously known as the Washington Senators. They've been the Minnesota Twins since 1961. As the Twins, they have never won a road playoff game. So with this as the question, who was the last pitcher in Twins franchise history to win a road World Series game? Did I say playoff game before? You said playoff. Okay, I have COVID. Um, They've never won a road World Series game in Minnesota. So, 
in wow. franchise history who was the last pitcher to win a road World Series game? That's your question. That is your question. That is your question. Send it, put it right down here at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm your pal Simon with Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking Brandon Warren off the ledge and letting him know that there is help for the defending American League Central champion Minnesota Twins. This has been Locked On MLB, Locked On Twins Crossover. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.